The FTC was a moth to the flame, but Microsoft was holding the matches. This is VGC, a video game podcast with me, Jordan Midler, the gamer Stacey Henley, and the gamers Jade King. How are we doing, folks? It's uh, the gamer takeover. Jade, welcome to the show. Hello, good to be here. Yeah, we're 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 taking you over from the inside. I think, Jordan, like you got good. two of us on here. I'm I'm glad now that Chris and Andy are off, sunning it, hooring it, and touring it in Japan. I don't know if you've noticed. They've only tweeted once or twice or fifty million times about being over. <laughs> they're just there. on Facebook posting their holiday pictures. Like, I don't know what they're doing over there. It's like, oh yeah, we did one interview and now we're at Super Nintendo World. Like, yeah, not I jealous at all. I, I cannot get away from it. I, t- I turn off Twitter. I go into the Slack and they're like, oh look at this in this convenience store. You can't get away. no. Like, they're going to get it to you whether you like it or not. Yes, yeah, it's, it's despicable. Stacey, welcome back. How you doing? Thanks. Yeah, it's nice to be back. I said last time I was on here that I was. Uh... A little bit of a strange experience being the most southern one on a gaming podcast for once, but Jade's redressing the balance now, so oh, all as well. We bring up world. northern stuff at the gamer all the time, and it's like a different world. Like, sort of get it most of the time. Famous southerner Jade King, that's what it says on your on your Twitter account. It's um, my business card. Like, people don't know the south of where. I just don't tell them. That's yeah. how I get the mystery going. Well, since you two are here, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna seed the floor, Stacey. Tell folks that are listening to the podcast that might not know a little bit about the gamer and i'll shut my face uh yeah sure the uh we uh we call a gamer the best place for reviews news and views and also guides but that doesn't rhyme uh <laughs> but yeah we i guess what i would say the best thing about the gamer is we have a lot of uh, big personality led pieces we do a lot of reports we try to get a bit of a different angle on things we try to look at um the personality behind games and i know uh, we look kind of what VGC does, very news-led, finds a lot of breaking stories and news stories. We try to do a similar thing from a feature and opinion point of view. We try to offer something that the industry doesn't have uh, enough of with some fresh opinions, some fresh voices. We have a very global staff, you know, staff from India and Singapore and uh, all over the world. So I think that's, that's who we are. We're a lot of voices collected together. Very nice. And you seem to be a good place for younger folk to get in the door because every time I'm at an event with a person from the gamer, it's like I'm at a fucking crash because they're all about 15 years. <laughs> no, like... Yeah, yeah um, it, does, it does feel a bit um, like babysitting at times, but no, there's there's not a lot of, you know, you look at the big the biggest sites in the world and very often someone will leave one of those big sites and will get a new job at a different big site. And that's that's normal because these people are very good at their jobs so the bigger sites want to hire them. But it can be hard, I think, for um, other people to get in the door, especially people who have to work remotely because they live in a place that isn't, um, you know, either London or New York or San Francisco or something like that. But also just... Uh, don't have as much experience as some other people so for some people i think we are a you know the people who've left us and have gone on to work for some of the bigger sites in the world obviously i freelanced at a lot of big places before i came here so i i like um people who are listening who are well in the industry will know places like into the spine and start menu who are really the first off people just to get their first commission just to get their first piece of writing about gaming that exists and i like to see us as the middle ground beyond that once you've kind of done some things there if you, we can give you that experience and then from us a lot of people go on to um ign or uh polygon or you know 
Once Upon a Time fan bite, rest in peace. RIP. So we've had people RIP. who've moved to to big sites, and I, I like that we have some people who stay here and develop a lot, and some people who move on to big things. Really nice. Well, the gamer is somewhere I would have killed for about ten years ago when I was trying to start, but instead I just went to um, the unproblematic corporation of. The BBC, speaking of unproblematic corporations, the first story this week, Microsoft is, quote, disappointed as the FTC officially files an appeal on the Activision Blizzard ruling. The Federal Trade Commission has confirmed it will appeal the court's decision to allow Microsoft to proceed with its $70 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. On Tuesday, Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley of the United States District Court for the Northern District of California, what a title, denied the FTC's motion for the preliminary injunction. Had it been granted, the injunction would have blocked the $69 billion deal from being completed until the US regulators in-house court had had a chance to rule on whether the merger hurt competition in the games industry. Uh, the FTC now has a chance to convince the appeals court that the ruling was incorrect. Jade, when this came down the pipe, first of all, were you surprised that the, um, the, appeal, the court told Microsoft, yeah, go ahead, create this monopoly that's a joke twitter that's a joke um what did you think when this came out i was shocked it happened both so quickly and so almost like so one-sided because mm. it seems the court very much immediately went oh yeah microsoft's right go ahead mate like buy activision blizzard and a lot of it fell down to like call of duty and a lot of other things but it seems like their decision is very short-sighted in regards to like the consequences this will have like as you said, like the monopoly, like everything being sucked into Microsoft and the FTC has said they're going to try and appeal. But at this point, I'm not sure how much of an effect that will have. Yeah, the FTC's original argument seems so piss poor that at this it point, it, it just seems like they have to do it. Um, we have a quote uh, from Big Brad Smith to The Verge. Quote, the district court's ruling makes crystal clear that this acquisition is good for both competition and consumers. Mm -hmm. We are disappointed that the FTC is continuing to pursue what has become a demonstrably weak case and we will oppose further efforts to delay the ability to move forward. Stacey, how do you see this going from here? Um, I think right from the start, the whole argument has been flawed. You know, Jim Ryan was the key witness for the FTC. The whole case, as Jade mentioned, was built around Call of Duty. Now, we know, um, and I know people on Twitter will say, it, you know, Xbox bias, Sony bias, whatever, but we know that Sony a big billion dollar company buying another big billion dollar company is bad. It's bad for competition, it's bad for creativity, it's bad for developers who have fewer places to work. But Sony can't ever say that because they do the same thing. Sony can't say it's bad to buy up IP and studios and keep them to yourself to profit from it. So they went after one very specific game that Sony does not have a competitor for in Call of Duty. It's the biggest game, it's the most casually recognized game on the planet, probably Probably even more so than Mario and uh, Pokemon. You know, your, your yeah. mom knows what Call of it's Duty like is. It's like FIFA tier kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's people who buy PlayStations and they just play Call of Duty and FIFA. Sony doesn't have an exclusive on that level. So the only way they could go after this and still have a leg to stand on is to say, this one specific game is not fair. And by doing that, all Xbox has to do is prove that it is fair. And by doing that, all they have to do is say, we're going to share it. Yeah. Yes. There's no scrutiny over what this takeover is going to be like, what this acquisition is going to affect. You know, you said they're consumers. That's, that was never in consideration. It was only, will people still get to play Call of Duty on PlayStation? And that that's like the 14th most important thing about this <laughs> takeover. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it is strange. Like, in one, in one hand, I'm like quite 
interested to see it just get done and see what the the post acquisition world looks like like how long does the merger take does it go to a sort of um bethesda model where bethesda yeah. are pretty um autonomous but they're under the microsoft umbrella which leads to interesting situations for us when i'm trying to find a game from a microsoft uh, owned studio i have to go to like 15 different people that, that yeah. still work there in pr like will it be like that or will it sort of become its own thing the question also becomes does this kick sony's arse to make a mainstream first person shooter kind of competitor jade do, is killzone coming back is killzone going to be the biggest thing in the world in like three years time oh mate can you imagine like bring <laughs> shadowfall 2 yeah. i don't know because as you said it seems like sony's taking a very old-fashioned slant on this like looking at call of duty like it was 10 years ago like it's a big game but sony's also failing to consider like what live services are like like what it could do in that area now it's bought bungie and stuff like that it's failing to consider like its future and microsoft's future in regards to like where this acquisition could lead and what call of duty will look like in 10 years time mm. and i don't know it's working on like that horizon mmo and you've got marathon coming out from bungie I, but I don't see them making something that rivals Call of Duty, not in terms of like audience or cultural impact. It also makes you wonder if they started working on like a COD killer or not a COD killer, or a COD equivalent by the time it comes out, there could have been another complete shift. Like we see this a lot. With yeah, all this, that's exactly it. Yeah, all this stuff that's getting like stuff that's getting suicide squatted for lack of a better term, where it's coming yeah. out <laughs> with all these live service accoutrements and people are like, I mean, maybe a couple of years ago, but surely you have to be projecting what the next thing is going to be i mean that's probably why factions was delayed because yeah. it was suicide squad or avengers or gotham knights or destiny or whichever one you want to call it yeah especially when the last of us ip is so rock solid for them right now to yeah. put out mm. something that would weaken it like that would be um a strange follow-up to where they are at the minute um but yeah it's we will we will see i wonder if this makes microsoft or if microsoft goes in a different direction and they're like okay we need to do some kind of fan placation stuff let's get a new spyro going let's get a new crash going let's get let's dangle this stuff in front of them let's get a new fucking tony hawk going let's get three plus plus four remake happening um but it'll be a while until we see that and more of uh, activision's potentially classic games but you know you know what's the problem with classic games folks 87% of them critically endangered, it's claimed. The Video Game History Foundation, in partnership with the Software Preservation Network, has claimed that 87% of classic video games released in the United States are, quote, critically endangered. This study took a sample of games released prior to 2010 and found that only a small fraction of them were still, still in circulation from re-releases. So this means you can officially buy them from digital storefronts or physical collections this isn't you can go into your local game station in the paisley high street and buy a game boy game that's not really what it means a sample of commodore 64 games tested found that only 4.5 percent of them were still purchasable on a modern digital storefront uh, for the game boy family of systems this was only 5.8 uh, which was it was significantly higher prior to the wii u and 3ds eShop shutdown Quote, imagine if the only way to watch the Titanic was to find a used VHS tape and maintain your own vintage equipment so you could watch it. Stacey, what's your thoughts on classic games and the general um, terrible state of preservation? 
Um, yeah, I think the the big thing for me is that it has always been on the consumers themselves, you know, that Titanic metaphor. But a lot of people have been doing that anyway, you know, a lot even with the um the eShop and other things in place, there are lots of classic games that I think Pokemon Conquest is about a hundred quid if you buy it used because there's just yep. no versions of it. So there's lots of, you know, lots of great games out there. These aren't just like throwaway games that were out on the on the uh, on the snares like thirty years ago that everyone has forgotten about. These are the games that we're talking about are classic games. People games that, you know, are a big part of our cultural history. And I think games have always been more obsessed with tech than other mediums. And I know films they have four K IMAX, they have three D, they have all that. But you can still watch, you know, real classic, you know, from the thirties, from the forties old movies whereas once a game gets to, i mean they've just remade mass effect that's not a classic game you know it's, yeah. it's a game that i remember playing as an adult um so they remade the last of us and that came out yeah, in my last year twice. of high school like <laughs> yeah so i i think gaming has always been obsessed with we need to be the most technologically advanced when the ps5 was announced the first showcase of how many triangles there were We've always been obsessed with this idea of tech. And I think um, I think increasingly it's just going to fall on two individuals to, to do it. I mean, it's not great that you have to watch the Titanic on a VHS that you've maintained, but it's either that or lose the Titanic. You know, people are going to keep doing it. And the elephant in the room is you don't need to maintain classic equipment. You can very, very easily get all of these games on modern equipment with basically no effort. Um, Following the uh, the closure of the 3DS eShop, I looked into the dark arts of uh, the 3DS, and um, it was requested that I I I, I put some. I'm not going to say the franchise, but it came up a few minutes ago. Uh, several games from a franchise that's very important to me um, that you will find in shop windows of CEX with colorful boxes, and from taking a fresh 3DS to having that entire series on it took about an hour an hour and a half yeah. probably quicker than that if i knew what i was doing and wasn't following a youtube tutorial so you don't need to go and buy a copy of animal catcher game green at cex for 300 pound <laughs> or hope that your cartridge still works because you can very very easily get those games jade do you have a do you have a collection of classic games or are you in a situation that I feel like a lot of people our age are, where they move about and they can't be hauling fucking 200 PS2 games from gaff to gaff? I think I grew up where I was trading games in constantly to buy mm, new ones. Same. So yeah. it wasn't until like my second year of university where I was like seeking out specific series on like PS1 and stuff. So I have a decent amount of stuff, but I'm not the kind of person who's like hoarding stuff deliberately. Mm. But I think that's the problem. Like, a lot of that stuff is forgotten to time because of the way games work. Like you're always trying to buy the next thing or something's always being remastered or thrown in your face by a publisher or a developer. So there's no incentive to keep those old games around. And I think that's a big part of the problem. It's just weird how like some CDs are so like some publishers are so utterly reverent for all their old stuff. Like I feel like Capcom does a good number in a lot yeah. of their old shit yeah. you can buy now even if there's some weird kind of side games that maybe a couple of ps1 rpgs that never really made it but then in some cases it's just impossible and i don't know what the solution is because i mean i suppose 
the virtual console was a good solution for a while because they seemed to get quite a lot of stuff on there but we saw how quickly they're willing to just be like nope we're done with this and when we go to the new console we're going to have this subscription service like what is the i think the more important question for this uh this this piece here this piece of uh, research from the video game history foundation do we ever get a provision in the dmca uh stacy that after a certain amount of time a game can be shared publicly what 25 years or something like that it just becomes part of like archive.org or something like that um i think going briefly back to the ftc case we've seen pretty obviously recently that um the legislative bodies just don't they just don't know about video games this is just yeah. not mm. a thing they understand i i think it's as you say we grew up kind of playing these games we're probably the first generation i would say of adults who grew up playing video games where it was kind of known I think people who were older than us probably got into it as kind of older teenagers and things for it to be you know this big identity that it is now so it might be that that's kind of slowly changes as people who are more um well versed in technology go into positions of authority and power and can change these things but I, I just think right now there's not a legislative body that is educated enough on video games to understand all of the uh, complications that go with them, who understand the culture, understand even just the language that is used around games, you know, from remakes and reboots and ports and remasters and everything. Unless you know about video games, unless you regularly play them and experience the culture of them, you, you don't really know the difference between a, a remake and a remaster yeah. and those types of things. So I think, ideally, I would love to see that be the, the future, but... I don't think legislation is there. And also, we've seen Disney's protected its own copyright for over a century by completely changing the rules. And there are companies in, you know, a, a Sony, a Microsoft, they have the kind of pull that Disney have to be able to just change the law as and when they kind of feel like it. Um, especially on a front they'd be united on. They wouldn't be fighting each other. Like with the acquisition, they'd both say, don't steal our games. So... Ideally, I think that's the best solution, but I don't see it happening. Yeah. Especially when it like benefits those corporations to go against what would be good for preservation. Like, if they're in a like Nintendo in the Virtual Console, they can remove what was once really good for preservation purely because they can make a subscription service and sell those games to us again. That becomes the incentive over like caring about the mediums, like artistic meaning. Yeah, it's also ludicrous. Like, take for example. Um, unrelated to what I was previously talking about, the Pokemon franchise. Um, that is one of the... In fact, not even one of... It is the most successful media franchise in the history of the human race. And some and of those you, games you can't even play anymore. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. If, if you go back a few generations, the Pokemon company will not sell you them anymore. They will make you like get one of the millions and millions of pre-owned copies. And despite how many millions the Pokemon franchise always sells just raw copies of the pre-owned games are super expensive so much yeah. more expensive than any other franchise of that size like you look at that old game those old gamecube and ds games like yeah the demand is so high because you can't get them anywhere else it's, it's absolutely ludicrous and you'd think like so they put the the game boy games on the virtual console for 3ds but the fact that i can't pick up my switch and i know it would be a bit awkward because of the dual screen stuff but let me tell you dual screen games from that era 
look pretty good on a Steam Deck. I'm telling you now, it's they not do. that big a deal. They look totally fine. So the fact that I can't pick up my Switch and just buy those games is absolutely ludicrous, but I'm sure they'll remake and remaster them for, I mean, we're coming up on the 30th anniversary, so we'll get another Canto remake. I'm sure. Let's go too. Oh, mate, I want Let's Go Let's Go Johto. Yeah, I know, for right? Let's Go Johto. But we've just got Pokemon Sleep and the Scarlet <laughs> and Violet DLC. Um, full review of Pokemon Sleep coming soon, I am sure. But you know what else might be coming soon? A third Star Wars Jedi game, Respawn Entertainment, is apparently hiring for it. The EA studio is seeking to hire a principal game writer and a senior VFX artist to work on new content for the action-adventure series. Uh, notably the listing lists Unreal 5 experience as a big plus. Uh, Stig Armisen said shortly before the release of Jedi Survivor that he would like to make a trilogy of games and if anyone uh, listening has completed the game that seems pretty obvious. Now me and Stacey are on the opposite ends of the Star Wars Jedi Survivor club. Stacey yeah. notable hater, me <laughs> notable 7 out of 10. Of Cal Kestis. Uh, Stacey, third game seems obvious. The way that game wraps up, it basically says, come on back for the third one. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm not a... I, I, gave, I gave it a seven. I didn't I didn't hate it, but it wasn't, wasn't my... <laughs> not my favourite game of the year, definitely. Hmm. But um, from... I think there's, there's, you know, there's three parts to this. Professionally, just, you know, in gaming, it is always good when a single-player um, series... Doesn't, there's not a lot of microtransactions, there's not a battle pass, it's not a long-running thing that milks money from you. You buy it and you have the whole game. It's always good when games like that do well enough to get sequels and threequels. And I think if I was going to list most of my favourite games, they are all sequels. They're all games I take the phone, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2, Mass Effect 2, Tony Hawk's 4, um, even Pokemon, we fair Pokemon is gold, so yeah. they're all taking games that exist and build on them. And you... Without wanting, it's been out a little while, but without wanting to spoil it, yes, I think the way it ends, it sets up very interesting for the next one. On a personal level, it's not a game that I'm going to be really excited for when it comes out. Um, if I'm not reviewing it, I probably won't even play it at release. But I'm, I am glad they're making it. And I think my problem with the first two, especially, especially Survivor, actually, is I felt it was let's do a Star Wars video game. And that's kind of where a lot of the thought stopped. It was, this is, wall running is a video game thing. Let's do it a Star Wars way. The third, the way the second one ends, I think, sets up, there's going to be a lot more, uh, there's going to need to be a lot more Thor in the third one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying not to spoil yeah. <laughs> kind of where it ends and what happens with it, but I think there's a bigger opportunity for them to explore the idea of being a Jedi and that kind of thing. So... Yeah, Especially I, the I, era they're getting into, like in the Star Wars canon. Like, although I, I'm of the opinion that we're, it was really cool when so much of that era, era was like shades of grey, and we're going to get to the point where every single they minute, need to explain everything. Yeah, yeah. Is going to <laughs> that's be, Star Wars. That's one of my favorite things about the Jedi series. Like, it is not you're not like you remember that Battlefront Two campaign where every level was like, oh, I'm walking down, I'm going to the shops. There's oh, look, there's Han Solo. Yeah, <laughs> like that's my favorite thing about the the Jedi games. Like there are cameos from the big bigs, and obviously everyone knows that Vader cameo from the first game yeah. that was like amazing. Yeah. But but it, it is pretty contained. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm totally up for a third one, and I do agree. Like I think it's it's brilliant that we still have these 
these big single player games that are coming out at a bit of a clip because that's the other thing that doesn't happen anymore that yeah. these massive single player sequels yeah. take like 10 years at this point whereas on a pre in a previous like in a previous generation naughty dog got three uncharted games and the last of us all out on one system like that just doesn't happen anymore yeah. um so yeah i think it, it, it could be it could be cool i imagine that's probably a late this gen game i don't imagine it'll go uh more than that uh did you play it, yeah. the, either the first or the second i finished the first and i'm i don't know maybe just finished the third act of survivor i'm like mm. back on kobo like, yeah and I've just got that goo that my robot can fire at walls. Yes. And those puzzles oh, yeah. suck. It's probably like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to do this a lot. But yeah. yeah. You're you back on Kobo, the only time you go back to Kobo in the game. <laughs> but it's good. It's kind of buggy and ropey, much like the first game was. But it's highs are high, but there's a, a bit of tedium in there. Like, I do agree with some of the points Stacey had. I do wonder but, what direction yeah. they go if they blow the kind of the kind of open worldy levels if they do like more of those or they mm. or they just stay with a kind of similar because when i when i previewed the game and we played that first kind of open level the way they were talking about it i was like is there like five or six levels of the of this size and the answer is there is none of this size that the rest one, of them right? are much smaller yeah. yeah um so i wonder what direction they would go with that but i think the the story's really solid obviously um cameron monin's great I really want them to actually do something live action with him. Um, close personal He'll friend show Cameron up in Monaghan. Something. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a he's a is he he's a shorter gentleman than you might ex- might expect. I mean, everyone's a shorter gentleman to me, but uh, when I met him, he was uh, <laughs> um, he was more petite. Petite's a bit insulting. He's coming to Scotland this year, so I'm going to try and uh, track him down to be on this podcast. But like, tell me about the third game. Like, Why are you so <laughs> short, mate? Yeah. Why are you so short? By the way, do you want to do an interview on this podcast? Um, he smelled immaculate anyway next story all female final fantasy 16 musical has been announced get me over to japan the show will be performed by the all-female theater troupe takarazuka review tickets for the show will go on sale in april the performance will take place in late 2024 have either of you played final fantasy 16 i have uh, jade I is the expert for the game um, for certainly have i was commiserating with you during the review process being like this game at sometimes sometimes this game is like the hypest shit ever and other times i'm like mm. it's like yeah it's proper <laughs> the highs in that game are like the best the series has ever been and then there's some like proper dog shit side quest stuff that is just so dry yeah what, what do you think about an all-female musical review of final fantasy 16 i'm down they did something similar for like near automata like back in the day like japan loves like taking these game stories and adapting them in ways that you wouldn't expect but this could be a lot of fun i think yeah super over the top and ridiculous oh uh, lucy james friend of the show said on kind of funny it'd be great to see the icons on stage like how they're going to represent those i hope they're oh, big, can you imagine big puppets like like massive screen filling puppets but um, i wanted like godzilla costumes like having yes. people like bounty across the stage like you think it would be like the lion king or warhorse that kind of thing yeah yeah exactly. like the people holding stuff up or like the Pokemon musical we all remember um, from from the late 1990s. Bring that back. It's a Pokemon musical. Oh, have you not seen the Pokemon musical? No, as you say that, it just reminds me of the SpongeBob musical. I can't picture the Pokemon musical. The Pokemon, the Pokemon musical um, ran very briefly in the the late 1990s. Um, it was 
it starred uh, Andrew Rannells as James, oh, who nice. went on to be in uh, The Book of Mormon Book of and Mormon, a, a million other things. Uh, this this story is from uh, Kotaku, and if you if you look, they had like full big costumes for like they had a massive life size Venusaur on the stage, and the the baddie was like a special version of uh, of uh, Mewtwo. The whole thing's on the whole thing's on YouTube if you want to watch it. It's, oh, I'll be checking it out now. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's deeply uh, shocking, but I think that that should be the next thing on the docket. Apparently, there was a Final Fantasy Ten Kabuki show as well, which is cool. Um, that would be hype. Square is going really hard on Final Fantasy 16. Like, uh, they must just be like, okay, let's bread all of our Western games and Western adjacent games have went to shit. Let's let's get bread and butter stuff here. Let's just go hard on Final Fantasy. What's your thoughts on Final Fantasy, Stacey? You get any interest in 16? Um, I have the most boring Final Fantasy opinions in the world because my favorite is Seven. Hell yeah! And I think the rest of them are kind of okay. You're in safe company. Um, it's fine. I am. Um, no, I've. I'm. I'm not finished. I don't know how far through I am. I like that there's Jordies in it. That's kind of been my first reaction to it. Is yeah. a couple of, couple of Jordy accents in there. Gav. But, um, yeah, it's just. It's ca- it's enough of a character action game, which is what we call them these days, that I'm interested. <laughs> but it's not. It's not kind of because they're kind of probably my favorite type of games to play more than the open world stuff, more than the RPG stuff, and we don't get enough of them. So to have Final Fantasy say we're doing this and then kind of only half do it, um, and I know I know once you get more um, icons or powers or whatever, then you get more attacks. That you know I'm, I know that I'll kind of get there eventually, but I've just been in and out of it. Probably isn't the best way to play, but it's also like a forty-five hour game that I'm not that interested in, so it's who I'm going to play it fair play um and finally before we take a break i've got some terrible news um gex and tomba are coming back uh for yes. whatever whatever reason limited run has decided to uh, bring out remakes slash remasters it wasn't entirely clear of tomba and the first three gex games they're coming to modern consoles jade you said yes was that for gex or tomba both it's oh, like they Jesus. just went on a bender and bought like loads of rights to old games and now they yeah. need to remaster them but they that's clock tower el shaddai is coming back the gex games aren't good well yeah but they're the- they're interesting enough that i'd love to see how they're translated in the modern era because those games are like pop culture relics and Tom i, I just, hope all the references are completely unchanged like I me hope too it is- completely inscrutable to anyone that wasn't alive in the late 90s i want them just referencing seinfeld in the dialogue and just like, yeah no one knows what they're talking about stacy you're a 90s child did you have any affection for either of these uh yes for for gex i am not as much for tomba but i think one of the things that i've always noticed working with jade is jade just has an incredible depth of knowledge of the weirdest games out there i do um i don't know if <laughs> you saw uh, maybe it's a month ago when gq did that list of 100 best games or whatever oh yeah I, I um, and we that. went through it in the slack like how many you played and jade jade had played 97 of the 100 hell and yeah two of the ones she Game hadn't won knights of the old republic and dragon age like just real depths of crazy gaming knowledge of the old republic those seem like those seem like do you not get copies of those when you sign up for the game are those i feel like there's an opinion (laughs) piece about those games every week on that website i have like been gaslit into playing dragon age on multiple occasions and i don't (laughs) hate it i think i'm just i grew up on jrpgs and stuff Mm. so when it comes to western fantasy it takes a lot to get me i'm gonna try with the new one i'm gonna let that have its chance yeah but yeah i 
I haven't seen Die Hard or The Godfather, but I can. I played some like niche PS2 game from 25 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've I've seen I've famously seen like no films. People make references to films, and I only get the references via like Family Guy jokes and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, was, pretty much. Yeah, I, I was I was too busy playing video games to watch fucking Jurassic. I was Park too busy gaming to have seen like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> don't have a letterbox then. No, no I no do way. now. I'm getting better. Getting, films are just too long, and you don't you don't get trophies. You're, you're, you're so playing video games. What do you mean films are too long? They're too long. They, you just <laughs> you, you're expected to just sit there and do nothing. I, I, can't, <laughs> I, I can't. I booked my Oppenheimer tickets, and I was like, "This movie's three hours long. Uh, oh, that's yeah. a long movie." But I'm I, ready. I, I might I might book two sets because I like Christopher Nolan films from just like a like a, almost a from family perspective. Yeah, from Family Guy jokes like yeah. the, South Park the, reference Interstellar. The, the, and you the like, Inception noise. Like, I've never seen that film, but I know that joke from. You've from not seen Inception. No, I've not seen Inception. Oh, I've you not really seen like seen anything. Any I, I've seen the ba- I've seen his Batman films. They're pretty good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the when when I saw the length of Oppenheimer, I was like, hmm, maybe I see this in, in two sentences. I'll just leave halfway through it. Then come back again. What you want is to have it like on your phone with like subway surfers on, so you can look. Yeah, like, no, that's it. I need <laughs> to have like someone playing with Play-Doh on the top of the screen. Uh-huh. No, I need I need one of those games where they're running down a corridor and you can get like a gun or you can get like fifty guns and they always make the wrong decision. That's that's what I need. That will keep my attention. At, at the end of every level, they just show you five minutes of a Wes Anderson movie. Like that's how they do it. I'd, I'd, I'd be up for that. Right, folks, we will talk more about my inability to consume media after this and we are back i thought i would take this 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 brief break in the uh in the year of excitement to uh talk about some games i've been catching up on now i'm I'm a sportsman Uh, i'm sure you can tell by the various kylo ren action figures behind me and small (laughs) decorative pokeballs but i actually do love sport I love any sport that I know the rules of because I'm a competitive bastard. Recently, I've been getting into this Formula One. And contrary to popular belief, there are rules to Formula One. You can't just <laughs> go as fast as you want and knock cars off into the 15th row and kill 15 spectators. So I was like, right, how, how, did, I, how did I used to get into sports? I played the games. I played the games to the point where I, I didn't know what, how to play American football until I played a load of Madden, so I thought I'd play F1. And it's really really strange playing the f1 games now that i know the rules of f1 where you can't crash into people because you're celebrating over going like a millisecond faster each lap <laughs> whereas i come from the burnout school of racing games where yeah. it's like if i have not killed people at the end of this race what am i what am i playing at um so i've been i've been playing about the new one since ea took it over and absorbed like cody's and all, all the all the racing game uh, companies are, are, are all together um and it's great it's really good at uh basically saying just sit down play play a couple of really short races get your bearings don't just go straight into a race and go flying off the side and not know what you're doing and get sick of it where i feel like for a few years stacy you remember this remember when you would start up fifa and it would force you into a game and yeah. it, it would be like okay take this free kick then play the last 10 minutes of a game just get your bearings it does yeah. stuff like that also i mean it seems stupid to say now because all car games look good, but it looks fucking ridiculous. I'm just sitting there like, how how did we get to this point of graphics? Um, Stacey, has there ever been a sport 
that you got into via a game? Um, baseball, actually. Oh. I've I've always been into cricket, which is like obviously England's form of uh, the baseball. And then for the Wii, I got, uh, I don't know if people remember, the Bigs. Mm. It was like a, a hyper arcade version of um, baseball. And my family, well, my dad especially, is very, like, any any sport that's on TV, he watches, watches Tour de France, watches the baseball, he watches the American football, watches the um, you know, the, the Premier League, watches the SPL, he's a Rangers fan. Oh, cuff. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> End um, the show. End the show. <laughs> uh, no, so with um with the the big thing that was the big one where um I was always into sport. I, it kind of had enough similarities to cricket that you know you, you hit a ball you just, about you, you twat run. it out of the stadium as hard yeah. as possible. Um, so it's always it's on at like stupid o'clock in the morning over here. So I don't we don't watch much of it live. But when I've been to America a couple of times, I've gone to a couple of games. And you know, try and keep up with basically what's going on. But I think yeah. Yeah, that was where my interest in that first first started. Yeah, I was kind of the same with uh, basketball in a sense, where I was yeah. like, I got uh, uh, during lockdown, NBA. The current NBA was like three pound on the PlayStation Network, so me and my pal both got it, and we played it to death, and that got me like super into basketball. Um, Jade, you, you into any sports at all? wrestling doesn't count does it <laughs> oh wrestling does that's the ultimate sport that's sports entertainment yeah exactly <laughs> that's probably it i'm very boring when it comes to sports like i did fencing when i was a kid which sounds really sorry fencing <laughs> yeah Jesus christ are you a, are you a secret tory is this no, what we're, no. is this what we're i, I went because my mate went the coach was a dick so i didn't do it for very long mm, she just stabbed them just what they like in the south yeah that's what they, they are like they kept the i didn't use my wrist properly and he was like mate and he kept stabbing me like that's fencing <laughs> apparently <laughs> but no wrestling that's kind of it other sports like mma are too violent for me i don't like people actually hurting each other yeah and I, then families into football like who is it yeah what teams your family support loads there's like liverpool arsenal tottenham it's a whole mess what they fair weather fans yeah. please mean well i support i support celtic stacy supports uh the saudi government sponsored newcastle <laughs> team she's, um she'll she'll have to find a new team i'm afraid because it's uh it's, it's problematic i say that as we just got like 30 million for one of our players off the saudi government. like 35 percent of the video game industry is owned by the saudis at this point <laughs> exactly that's true yeah uh, if, if, <laughs> if I ever get invited on a press trip out there, my answer will be no. I don't I'm think sure. we're welcome. So no. We'll <laughs> <laughs> I think this podcast is pretty safe from them. Um, so yeah, I've been playing a lot of that F1 game and Silverstone, uh, the British Grand Prix was on at the weekend and I was sitting watching that and um, the it really sickened me because I, I started recognising turns on the virtual <laughs> course from watching it. Oh, like the Gran the, Turismo movie. Exactly like the Gran Turismo movie. <laughs> oh, Gran Turismo. F1's better than Gran Turismo. That's a three-star game. Um, the, 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 when we were watching the British Grand Prix, afterwards, I was like, oh, okay, that was a good race. It was, uh, it, was, it was very dramatic. It's unbelievable how invested you get in the concept of rain. There, there'll be like a black cloud overhead and it'll be like, oh, is it going to rain before the end of the race? Because that's that's will change everything. That's this two is, milliseconds, that is, mate. Yeah, if that, exactly. If that rain comes. <laughs> going to be, if, there's going to be drama about fucking tiles. The, the, the inches of rubber that are going to change because of this rain are unbelievable. And you're sitting there like, 
I used to think this was so stupid. Why am I getting why am I getting hooked into this? This isn't something not this isn't something like in my in my uh caveman brain like football it's like oh understand you kick ball into net makes perfect sense <laughs> f1 is so like precise it's um there's a wonderful you care about rain and sport you want to be watching cricket that's life or death if i start getting into cricket my dad will kick my <laughs> and <laughs> i will be in a lot of trouble <laughs> if i get into cricket although sometimes i walk into his house and the cricket will be on and he'll be watching it out the corner of his eye and i'm like do you know the rules because if you know the rules this has changed our relationship um, <laughs> so yes that's been my kind of catch-up game i'm really enjoying that i've been dying for because after the the street fighter uh, jedi street fighter diablo final fantasy yeah. run of reviews i was like i don't want to play another video game for the rest of my life or until <laughs> starfield so playing this has been it's been good to get back into uh, Jade, what have you been playing between the the kind of in this sort of lull that hasn't been a, a full lull? Yeah, you are right. It does feel like we're in the calm before the next storm. I've been playing a very current game called Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh, like, I fancied revisiting that after sixteen, and I'm enjoying it way more than I thought. Even if that game is like, oh my god, it's a drag and it's super linear. But oh yeah, the corridor simulator. <laughs> Yeah, like running through the most beautiful corridors you've ever it's like seen. Like anime life. corridor simulator. But aside from that, I'm playing Amnesia: The Bunker like slowly, but I'm not too much of a scaredy cat. And then finally, at the request of many people at the gamer, I'm dip- digging into Paranormal Site, which oh, is a game, a great game not a lot of people have talked about. But it's quite like a wonderful, spooky little narrative adventure. Mm. I said, Stacey's probably better at describing it than me. Stacey, tell us more. Um, it's it's kind of a visual novel, but it's also a kind of point-and-click mystery. You play as four, I think, four different characters in, uh, uh, I think it might be set in the 80s, in 1980s Japan, and the town is being haunted by these various demons who are appearing for some reason that you don't know, but it also links into a lot of um, like true crime things, so there's mm-hmm. you know people who've been abducted, people who've been run over, like a hit-and-run that turns out to have not been a hit-and-run, but it was a way to disguise a murder. Um, and it's... There, there's a bit early on um, where there's like a puzzle and there doesn't seem to be any solution to solve it. You have to go into the game's actual settings and play around with it, a bit like Doki Doki Little Chuckler, but it's not that far um, into kind of the meta of it. But it kind of... I think a lot of people see visual novels as, you know, not being games. And I think it really plays with you will need to be involved and invested in, you know, investigating this. Um, but yeah, a lot of us at the site like it. I'm pretty sure it'll be in our top 10 at the end of the year. It's, at the moment, it's my number one, but I do expect Baldur's Gate and Spider-Man especially to challenge for that position. It's very like, there's an old anime that came out like in 1999 called Serial Experiments Lane. It like bridges the gap between like reality and the spirit world in its, in its vibe yeah. it's very cool mm. i'm not far enough into it at all like i've literally just started it but i've told myself i'm gonna like chip through these shorter games before the next big thing comes out Who... or exoprimal capcom's masterpiece like, oh yeah exoprimal fans in the chat um, yeah <laughs> who, who is who's on starfield for you a lot has that been determined Ben Sledge ben. is responsible. Oh. I I didn't want to like burn myself out on reviews again, so I was like, 
Ben, here is Starfield. You have a young child. Have fun with this one. <laughs> Guess what, idiot at VGC is on Starfield. Is it you? Is it yes, you? That is me. That's I'm me. excited for that. That recent gameplay showcase has like amped me up. That Mate, game looks pretty good, right? I could not stop thinking that. Like, I was getting excited about that game after that showcase in a way that I've not been excited about games since I was like 13. Like, I could not stop thinking about it every single day. Um, and obviously it won't be that because no games ever that. No, but, it's um... going to be bollocks because it's <laughs> not how. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pish. Three stars, VGC. No, it'll be good, but it's been long enough. Like, well, Fallout 4 was like eight years ago now, give yeah. or take. It's be- I'm ready for another one of those games. Oh, me As too. someone who didn't play the Outer Worlds either because I didn't really get along with it. The graphics gave me a headache. I'm kind of like, okay, give it to me, Todd. Like, I am ready for this game. Hmm. Um, you mentioned anime there, and I've never even put it in the runner, but I meant to. Um, despite being a noted anime hater, I went to an anime convention at the weekend. Are you okay? It, um, it was... Uh, first of all, I went to the wrong hotel, which was a good start. Uh, there was two Hiltons in Glasgow. I was unaware of this. Um, <laughs> and we went to the fancy Hilton, not the Hilton Doubletree. So we parked up, went into this like beautiful hotel. Uh, the person I was with uh, was dressed as a character from Demon Slayer. Um, so <laughs> when we were both stood there just like where's the where's the ballroom and she went um, are you sure it's this Hilton and when she said this Hilton implying that there was another Hilton I was like oh yeah definitely this one while I frantically looked through my emails and realised that we were at the, the wrong one but we eventually got to the correct Hilton and knew we were there because there was a thousand people dressed as the exact same character as she was all these people with the green and black fucking uh, kimono thing on from demon slayer it's like okay here's a, here are the people and it was fun but the the real pr- problem was we went to this this back corner of the place and they were selling japanese pokemon cards and the woman was like these packs are 10 pound a pack or you can buy a box for 185 pound and uh I, i'd like to publicly confirm that i did not buy a box for 185 pound but the amount of time i spent thinking about it made me quite sick to my stomach <laughs> I've been, um, there. I've been in Tokyo and almost bought a GameCube. I didn't need one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure one one El Capitan Andy Robinson bought a GameCube for like £14 last night. He was Orange one. Orange one. <laughs> yeah, he put it on Twitter. He was like, does this work? Japanese Twitter, does this GameCube work? And I was like, mate, you've got about 50 of them. Why do you care if it works? You've got to plug it in, mate. He's got one of those bloody Panasonic ones, like the the the, the mirrored reflexive ones. Like, man's got too much money. Um... <laughs> It's only 14 quid to be fair. <laughs> Too much money. If you've got 14 quid to spend on a GameCube, you can give Cost me a fucking crisis. raise. You can't be buying GameCube. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yes, the, the, the anime convention was uh, was was good fun. Um, it was quite... Because obviously that is a side of like geek or fan culture that I'm not really into. So it was cool watching people and be like, I don't get these references, but you are so into this. And I imagine it must be reflected when you see people that are like super into games and that's not your thing. So give me a, a bit of uh, appreciation for that. Stacey, what have you been playing? Anything good? Um, I have kept up with Diablo, so I'm kind of slowly trucking through that. I have not been into Diablo before that much. I'm I'm not going to kind of keep playing through every season and you know yeah. doing a new character and things. But um, yeah, making way through Sanctuary, kind of clearing, leveling up, getting to um, haven't haven't beat the butcher. Probably never will. Um, <laughs> so kind of working my way through all that kind of stuff. 
And I just finished Coffee Talk 2 last night. I love that oh. first oh, yeah. one. I didn't think the second one was as good. But, um, yeah, similar to Jade trying to get through a couple of smaller ones. Baldur's Gate is the big game for me, not Starfield. I'll play it, but Baldur's Gate is the one that I'm going to lose hundreds of hours to. Is that um, the Shia? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like right next to Starfield. On console, it releases it. the same day as Starfield. So I won't be, I will be playing it on Are console. You so the, I, the same day? Oh, I PC, really want to play Baldur's Gate 3. The PC never, one moved up the too. month before, so that's August 3rd, I think. Christ. So most people will play it on PC, but on console, it's, I think, September 5th and Starfield is September 6th, so maybe it's the other way around. Uh, but it's not on Xbox, so that's another. Mm. That wrinkle on the whole exclusivity thing. Yeah, I, I mean, that, all I know about that game is that bear sex thing that came out the other day, and I was <laughs> like, oh, okay, fair enough. It's it's just Dungeons and Dragons. If you're into Dungeons and Dragons, it's a big deal. But if you're not, then it's impenetrable. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm I'm gonna play it because it feels like a game I would really enjoy. But it going up against Starfield just has me worried. It's gonna yeah. fall into the ether immediately. I have spoken to a lot of PR pals recently who are preceding stuff for September and October, being like, mate, we know you're on Starfield, but can you can, can yeah, we talk to you about please. this now? Can we give you the information like three give months a month ahead of birth time? from Starfield? Because <laughs> yeah. like nothing is gonna touch that thing. And Sorry, like, Skull and Bones, if that's actually coming out around that time. I will drop everything drop everything now for Skull and Bones. Um that will be my my moment to shine. Um but no, it's going to get to the point where I'm going to set an out of email, uh, an out of office, being like, "I'm doing Starfield. If you know me well enough to have my phone number, you can text me." But apart from that, do not talk to me about your game. Um, speaking <laughs> of games, I thought I would resurrect a game show that we played on the Overload podcast. God rest it. Um, before we were fully cancelled for uh, reading out the the Queen's oh, death announcement as Jim Ryan. Um, <laughs> now this game. Fans of the Football Ramble, also on this great uh, podcast network, may recognise the format, but I will read a series of clues pertaining to a video game, such as the release date, the Metacritic score, etc. And you two have to guess what it is. During each clue, you will say stop and then give me your guess. You cannot guess again until the next person has guessed. Do you understand? I, do. I think we've established Jade knows more about free games than I do, but sure. Oh, I you put pressure on me. Okay. This game was released in the UK on the 27th of March, 2015. Any guesses so far? Do you get a guess per clue if we guess? Yeah, per clue, guess per clue you clue. get one per clue. Say stop and then give me your guess. Now you can't guess again until the next clue has been read. Uh, stop. Go. Is it 20 out of 5? Incorrect. Stacey's frozen out until the next clue is read. Jade, your guess. Oh, I don't know. Stop. Yeah. Is it Dark Souls 3? Incorrect. Yeah, this game so. has a Metacritic score of 92. God, it definitely wasn't Tony Hawk's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Pro Skater 5 with a 92. 20, 27, probably. Okay, so it's good. Very good. 92. Although you know how these critics like to overrate things. Stop. Yep. Yeah. Is it Bloodborne? It is Bloodborne, correct. Oh, yeah, well done. Yeah, I told you Very nicely be. done. The next clothes we're going to be at the time of writing it's only ever been released on one platform and it is the fourth game in a collection of seven games that form an unofficial series bloodborne the original and well the good. best what a game still has a terrible frame rate 
no matter what people will tell you, even if you play it on the biggest telly in the world, it is a it is a difficult difficult thing to watch. Um, but yeah, that is I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna bring that back because uh, people loved tweeting me after the old show and being like, I got that in two minutes. Harry and Danny are idiots, and while I do agree with that uh, supposition, <laughs> you've got to give people a chance. Um, Jade, tell us what you're up to this week. Is there anything you'd like us to go and read? Plug your stuff. Tell us the gamer's terrible. Do what you like. <laughs> oh, nah, the gamer's alright, you know. You can find me at Twitter at KonaYMA6. Not on threads yet. I'm not that cool. And I don't You're not threading that up? It. No, I'm not. Question, no. is, that, is, that, is that YMA6 a reference to Yumi at 6, the band? It is. So I was a proper pop punk kid. So Good. that's Yumi at 6. And the Kona is like a shortened anime character when I was like 13. And I just ah, kept it. It's it's proper good. like angsty weeb teenager. I respect <laughs> that. Stacy, tell us you're the boss. Tell us what we're going to read this week on the gamer. No no spaces. Um, I think across the site we've got uh, obviously our fable oral history that's coming. So we've got the first part out last week. Second part should be out next week, and then the third part probably two weeks after that. We'll keep up the same pace. Nice. Um, this week Jade's had a lot of. Still mining the old uh, Final Fantasy well. There are really cool opinions and things on that. I think that's probably worth uh, checking out, especially if you want to get angry about Jade being negative about certain parts of Final Fantasy XIV. Um, and I, this is a this is a niche one for you. I um, made up a way to add football, the world's game, into Dungeons and Dragons, and I have Ooh. a guide on that. That's going out on the weekend, some point possibly even later today. Um, so if you are nerdy enough to like Dungeons and Dragons, but sporty enough to like football, which I hope is a, quite a big cross-section because this took me a long time, uh, you can check out that rule set. Very nice. And that's, that's relevant to I edited to my this interest. piece and I did not understand it. Maybe that's a good <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> that's, all, that's the feedback I always get. I edited this and did not understand it. But in a good way, you know. Jade, do you have anything for us or were you, are you going to tell me to, to go home? Yeah, go on then. I suppose it's not video game adjacent, but I've got, I've been doing a series of interviews on Netflix's Nimona, and I've got one yes. more coming out today or tomorrow. But you can check all of those out on the site. I'll be delve into like the original author and the directors, and sort of like the video game influences in there too. And like, yeah, it's a pretty good read. So check that out and our Fable mm. history. And we've got, we had an interesting report on Elder Scrolls Online go out this week too, which is definitely yeah. worth checking out that fable history i can't believe it has seen the light of day that poor lassie has been playing fable for what feels like about 17 years at this point <laughs> I feel like I was that's how long it's been in the works I yeah i feel like i was talking to her about that when she beat me at fucking mario football at nintendo oh, like gosh. a year ago at this point um but yes you can join us next week for the next episode of vgc a video game podcast we would like to thank the great Grant Kirkhope for use of the VGC podcast theme. You can follow me on Twitter and threads at Jordan Medler, Jade at Kona YMA6, and Stacey at 5 Tacey. Oh, I meant to ask Stacey how many, how many Eras tour tickets have you ended up getting? Like 15 different venues or what? I have one for America. I'm going on holiday to America in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I have another ticket for when she comes to London in June. So one in America, one in england not being too greedy very nice well hopefully we can get her on the podcast when she's here <laughs> yeah, i'm sure she'll be she's free got for it i imagine five minutes to spare until then say goodbye jade 
See you later, everyone. Say goodbye, Stacey. Bye, Stacey. And we will see you next week. VGC, a video games podcast, is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.